0: 140,
1: man. Three Songs Pod. Guest host, Fred Thomas.
2: 140.
1: Detroit Special Edition. Straight into funkadelic. Welcome, Fred. We'll talk. Yeah. After yeah, Fred Thompson,
3: yeah. Fred Fred Even if you don't dig it, don't mean it's not the thing, the thing to do. Could be just for you. Even if you don't feel it right now, don't mean someday it'll turn you out. you be out of sight. Fight it. The music is designed to do no harm It's just for you For just a little bit of effort I can't even We might just turn you on Even if you don't admit it The time for change is here And here we are we're just for you Stick us in your ear dig us One time, one time, one time, one time and see We're just for you You really shouldn't know to fight it The music is designed to do no more We're just for you With just a little bit of effort I can't it will, we might just turn you
2: off. Kisses kisses, we, we have come to help <laughs>
1: That is a jam. That is a jam. <laughs> Welcome, Fred. This is uh, episode 140 of Three Songs Podcast. Yeah. Special Detroit edition with Fred Thomas, joining Bob Dostanovich and Mike Hogan. Thank you, Fred.
0: Fred's an Ipsilani man. Uh, yeah,
1: well, currently. <laughs> I mean, it's
0: like, you know, Detroit, like, but like he isn't, like, Ypsilanti's the scene. Born and raised, right?
4: Yeah, more or less. Home
0: of the Eastern Michigan Eagles. Correct. And did you go to school there?
4: I went to school in Ypsilanti, um, but not in Ypsilanti High School. I went to Lincoln High School, which is kind of more country. Does right. every
1: me- major metropolitan area in, in the U.S. have a Lincoln High School? Because I feel like... Yeah, Des,
0: Moines. Des Moines does on the south side. Des Moines,
1: Portland sure. does, for sure.
0: <laughs> Richmond doesn't. Richmond, I grew up in the capital of the Confederacy. We don't have a Lincoln High School in
4: Richmond.
1: Well, Fred, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, Thank
4: you so much for having me. This is fun.
1: And, Uh-oh. you know, we've played we've played your music on the show before, but give me and Bob and everybody else kind of a, a little bit of a refresher. I know you were in some bands. You started your own bands. You've been solo. You've played in other people's bands.
4: Started its own label.
1: You started your own label.
4: Yeah, it's kind of, um, I don't want to exhaust you guys or anybody else, but um, basically started doing music independently when I was in high school and, and never stopped. I'm 44 now and um have been touring since, you know, I'm going to say 95, 94, something like that. Um, Had a band that, the band I did that most people heard was called Saturday Looks Good to Me. And that was um kind of like a indie pop, sort of like, you know, lots of like um, Motown and, you know, Phil Spector influence kind of, Kind of indie songs in the early 2000s, um, but you know, I, I pretty much whenever I've been given an opportunity to go on tour, I will. So I've helped out with. Um, I played in Calvin Johnson's band for a little bit. I played. Um, played. I play drums in Tyvek right now. Uh, I no, I
0: saw Tyvek play with a uh, suit. So I don't know if you would have been a part of it. About six years ago, with uh, the Jicks in Omaha, you
4: would. Oh yeah. You probably yeah. I wasn't on that one though, no. but that was pre uh,
0: pre Fred Thomas Tyvek.
4: Yeah, well, I, I probably recorded the record that they were on that tour with because I. see, you do been,
0: that too. So, like, you're a yeah. knob twister, you're a label manager.
4: Yeah, it's a uh, it's a little You've much.
0: Ypsilanti I- <laughs> Records.
4: Yeah, yeah, I've been yeah. doing it all.
0: You're a busy man. Like, you're incredibly prolific.
4: Well, it's interesting because I the more I think about it, like, I'm just kind of talking right now. I'm like, oh, this is this is like really busy, but it's sort of like a private affair like at no point has has most of this music made it to any sort of extensive listenership it's just kind of something i like to do and have managed to do it in a lot of different ways for a long time
0: and you've also used the moniker fred thermos i like that
4: (laughs) That was like (laughs) yeah as a nickname when i was like 16
0: 17 (laughs) did anybody ever call you Freddie at any point in your life
4: a couple people called me Freddie here and there i'm not super into that but i it doesn't
1: bother me that much either
2: (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. So you know, uh both my dad and my older brother were were Freds. Um No way. Yeah, and so I mean they were both, you know, Fred Hogan Jr. and Fred Hogan Sr. and my brother was always Freddy. Um just to keep it Yeah. You know. I was
0: Bobby, my dad, I'm a junior. Yeah. And I was I was Bobby for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I'm I'm guessing if your dad was also named Fred, you would have been Freddy more. <laughs> At some point, yeah. My
4: dad's Alfred. I was Freddy or Fred. Um, but I'm actually like, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm one of many Alfred Thomases. Oh, so you are a junior. I'm a third. I'm the third.
1: third. Wow. Wow, man. <laughs> Long line of, of Alfred Thomases.
0: All Michiganders, right? Yep. It's like you're pure Michigan. Uh,
4: just like the license plates. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's pretty amazing, really, because like, the only time I've spent in Michigan would have been, like, you know, passing through on tour. I know i played Grand Rapids and Ann Arbor a few times and have tour managed gigs there. And, of course, I've done St. Andrew's Hall. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so, like, I mean, like, essentially my experience in Michigan, other than passing through, is just to do gigs, you know. So, like, sure, sure you know Michigan. You don't, I mean, I know Lafayette Coney's. Remember that place next to St. Andrew's Hall called Hamburger. Or Haven where they made their they patty their burgers out of like sliced ham. Do you remember that place? it's called like Ham Something.
4: I I've never gone. Um, but I've been vegetarian since like you know since I was fifteen. So I I missed it, but I'm sure I've walked by it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's long gone.
4: It's okay, long. maybe maybe yeah, I missed
0: so it. Then. It's like '90s gone. You know, like okay. So when did you start going to the Detroit for shows? How old were you then? Like
4: uh probably like 14 15 i started going to shows at all um and so when when bigger bands i liked like i'd go see jawbreaker would play at saint andrews or i'd go and check out like um Black and blight Head. ep yeah exactly it was, yeah. It was maybe, maybe more like a like a 24-hour revenge therapy era um when i got to yeah. see him but um yeah. still like like it was that sort of thing i can't remember the first, first time i went into detroit but there's a place called zoots that had shows like kind of more when I was of age and starting to play. And that's where like Sleater Kenny would play their first tours or like, um, I'm trying to think of other bands. I saw there that karate was a band. I saw a couple times at zoots, just like,
0: just like a great small venue, like, amazing. Kind of, like you know, the now defunct vaudeville muse in Des Moines, like,
4: you know, Oh, that place is now defunct.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We, they, they shut their doors like, uh, three months ago. They're done. And, oh, um, It sucks. Yeah, and I um, actually uh, bought a horse for five hundred dollars and named him Baudville Muse. So,
2: <laughs> Just to, you know, on.
0: carry the flag, yeah, carry <laughs> carry the uh, legacy. But, wow,
4: uh, I love that room. That was such a good room. I played there like four or five times.
0: Yeah, it's a good. It was a good spot. So, you know, but that's what we have to worry about in this day and age. Like, so what did you have planned this year? Like, I know you made you released some recordings this year on a different label, right?
4: You know, I, I put uh, out like
0: what's it called, like Life Like.
4: Life Like, yeah, that's the label I've been doing. Um, just mostly tapes on, but I put out like uh, because, like everybody else, I've had plenty of time to just work on, work on music all all day and night. Like uh, no shows to play, no nothing to do really. Uh, I recorded a bunch of like kind of synthy stuff and um, made a couple hundred copies, hundred copies of this like uh, yeah synth record. Um, I didn't really have any plans to do that. I just kind of been rolling with the punches. Like, pretty much, you know, I was playing, so like,
2: like,
4: every week if, up until March.
0: So if things had gone smoothly this year, you would have been on the road plenty.
4: Yeah, or at least, like, playing locally or regionally or getting to New York right. a couple of times. But, yeah, definitely. Are you are
1: Plus you my, recording many artists right now? I mean, uh, I know you, you do that as well. Have you have you been doing that? Do you, do you have the studio going?
4: You know, I, I just did my first session since march um this last weekend and it was really weird it was like um a really amazing band uh that's played like a couple of shows just getting started ipslanti band called goody head and how do you spell that g-o-d-d-y-h-e-a-d yeah so um awesome band you know they're just doing their first sort of recordings and it, we're all in masks, and we're all trying to like be as far apart from each other as possible, but we're still doing like an eleven hour day in this kind of small studio space and at, at the end of the day, I get a text from one of my best friends, letting me know that she's been tested positive with COVID, and I should probably get a test because we picked up a cat from her two weeks earlier, and you know, so it's mm. very different, very stressful. Um, How
0: many COVID tests have you had?
4: I have had none. Because I've Me been working neither. from Me home, yeah. yeah. I, I feel yeah. a little bit of shame saying that, but like, um,
0: well, I hardly, I mean, I hardly ever leave my house,
4: you know, yeah, totally. I mean, this was the first time I worked with anybody else for a while, so it was like, I should have. What do you have
0: house. for space? You've got like a decent space, like, what's your, what's your recording situation? So, you bring in goodie head, like,
4: it's kind of like, it, like it's tiny, it's tiny. It's like there's like a control room, and then there's like a bigger live room, but it's basically just like, um, you know, like a like a garage type locker, you know what I mean? Like it's a, uh,
2: Oh it's, yeah. Yeah. And
4: it's, it, it works and it sounds good. Um, but yeah, it's
2: definitely, so like,
1: it's small. We'll, we'll, we'll play some, we'll play some stuff that you recorded. Cause I, I have been saving a couple artists to play until you, you played because I want to get your take. Um, nice. Yeah. And, 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 it was somewhat coincidentally like i was going to be playing them anyway and then i realized on both of them it was recorded by fred thomas and i was like holy shit amazing we gotta we gotta bring him on we gotta bring you on and, and talk about it but why don't you why don't you start play something and you got three different michigan artists lined up
4: yeah um well let's start with uh this band called roach clip from detroit they're not really doing anything anymore uh, though the people in the L A O C H clip. Roach, Roach Clip. Roach Clip Roach Clip Okay. Yeah. Um but yeah, just like a, a amazing punk band from Detroit saw so him play a couple times, really just like when you're playing Funkadelic I was like, oh yeah, it's so visceral and a little bit blunt. And that's something that like so much Detroit music has to it, like the sort of like directness and um whether it's you know, whatever type of music it is and Roach Clip definitely has that.
0: Cool cool what's this song called
4: it's called on the wall on the wall yeah, and, well, and how like, many years ago uh 2013 record that came out and they made like three or four hundred copies and it's gone now but it's uh the whole record's great and i don't know how many times the band played but they're uh they're all off onto other things now
1: but it's now yeah. it's now on uh band so you can at least stream it which is nice yeah uh all right well here you go on the wall roach clip
0: fantastic
1: was oh, actually really smooth. Yeah. I, I was yeah. expecting, when you said earlier, you were like, yeah, it's kind of punk. I was expecting something like more of an onslaught, but. Uh, <laughs> it's really it's, pretty, actually. Yeah. It's
0: actually really
2: pretty.
4: I guess it's smoother than I remember. I mean, that's my favorite <laughs> song on the record. Um, so I was kind of like, oh yeah, when I saw this band play live, it was always so like guttural and nasty. Yeah. So it's kind of like, maybe like conflating the two experiences. <laughs> I but can, still, you, know, you know,
1: I've been, I've been in
0: punk rock bands that play too fast. And like, the best songs, because like when you think about it, when you're up there on stage and like just blistering ears, yeah, and by you know playing too fast, even if it's a 20 minute gig, like the one that's actually got the groove is the one that's like mid tempo. <laughs>
4: yeah, almost always.
0: <laughs> and that's like the mid tempo one, like and like so it's almost like let's chill the ears of the audience. You know, but that was really fucking good. I really enjoyed
4: that. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, I, I mean, that's one of those bands that, like, I wish more people got a chance to hear because they just, uh, they were there for a blink and I didn't even listen to the record till you know, four or five years after they'd broken up. Yeah. It reminds me of the sort you, of you, thing... you ever
0: got to see them then? You
4: said you saw them. Yeah, I saw them a couple times and, like, you know, uh, my friend Lauren was playing drums when I saw him and I was like, oh, damn, I didn't even know Lauren played drums. So it was just <laughs> one of those things where... Lots of interconnected people in the Michigan scene.
1: She so played. She played drums very well.
4: Yeah, it's great. It,
1: it reminds me of the sort of thing that would have been like I would have bought uh, in the early to mid nineties from the Ajax catalog, maybe on Drag City or on some small label, you know. And I would have bought it just because the description was cool, and you know, I, I'd be sitting there holding this seven inch, most likely, and like looking at it and like trying to imagine who the people behind it were and what their story was you know like oh totally it's it's, it's yeah. it, it and it sounds like it was recorded for a dime you
4: know <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris Durham who uh it was kind of like the songwriter in that band four-track journeyman such yeah. an amazing four-track recorder he's recorded a bunch of different bands always just kind of He's the type of guy who has a four track and it's like, "Why don't we just do it with one mic? Why don't we just do it with like one of the four tracks?" Is uh, it's good sounds. That's cool. Yeah,
1: though.
4: very cool.
0: When you recorded the band the other day, um, Goodyhead, did how, how? Yeah, how many tracks did you have
2: to work with?
4: Well, it's kind of this band's sort of like a shoegazy band. Um, and when I saw him play live, I was like, "Oh, this kind of reminded me of, like the Swirlies or like, um, yeah. you know, Jessamine or Eric's Trip or something like one of those bands that like." You know, or like a Sarah Records band where they didn't have the money of like Slow Dive or My Bloody Valentine to make a good sounding record. And that or made Lush.
2: Them...
4: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it kind of sounded more interesting. So we actually recorded on four track while I recorded with like, you know, maybe like 20 tracks of uh, digital stuff. And cool. I blend, blended the two together.
0: Wow. So you, you like is the studio in your house or do you have to go somewhere?
4: No, it's like a it's a place like a space I rent from someone who owns the, the actually owns the studio and owns all the gear. It's a place called Ravine uh in Ann Arbor. But um it's it's better. To so have Ann Arbor's like pretty house.
0: close. Like in Ann Arbor's like 30 miles from Ypsilanti,
4: right? Ann Arbor's like 3 miles from Ypsilanti, and both are about 30 oh, miles from oh, Detroit. Really? Yeah, so they're like sister like right right by each other.
0: I know Ypsilanti's further
4: east. Yeah, just play a little bit though. I mean they they basically are like in my mind they're almost the same place just with like two different universities and you know, a little bit more money in Ann Arbor than than an Ipsy. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: Uh University of Michigan versus Eastern Michigan.
4: <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so that's a whole other story though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Sorry for different taste. So Mike, what are you gonna play?
4: Uh,
1: or is it my turn? It I think it's mind? your turn. I think you're you, were you gonna go to Montana? Yeah,
0: let's go to Montana. Well, no, actually, maybe maybe well, yeah, let's go up to up Montana. To you. Steel pole bathtub the only band i remember buying the record butterfly love in 1989 marcia brady was on the cover and i was thinking like you know this is a band it's like i gotta i gotta buy this record look great love the record listen to it a lot and like saw him play a couple of times they went they did the whole bozeman we're in bozeman montana now let's go to seattle and that didn't sort of work out Then kind of eased their way down to san francisco and uh the song up i'm gonna play is off like i think their record that was made like in the early 90s it's called uh the the song's called train to miami it's called uh the album's called the miracle of uh sound and uh
1: yeah, miracle but, yeah. of sound and motion
0: yeah 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 yeah. yeah. yeah Bona records uh it's uh, montana rock on the three songs podcast
1: cool pole bathtub wow yeah
0: yeah rocking the tub man bozeman (laughs) montana i never saw them live
1: but i would imagine that was a
0: show and flattam you know Moreski and flattam moresky and the guitar and vocals and dale flattam on the bass and like they hooked up with some some drummer with a crazy name they came like a three-piece band and like they kicked it man like and they just you know we've talked about this a thousand times on the podcast before like Perhaps the band name hurt them. Like, because, you know, in the late 80s, it was all like trying to fit in. Like, so they first went to Seattle. Like, I don't think that Seattle probably embraced them. So they found a niche in um, San Fran and uh, they did their thing. Wicked Live.
4: You know, kind of like
0: Jonestown. Like, did you ever Mm -hmm. listen to that band, Jonestown?
4: Sure. I never heard Jonestown I never heard Jonestown And I always associated Steelpool bathtub With like Crash worship And like more like Noisier stuff I, mm-hmm. I wasn't like, That didn't sound like What I thought they sounded like and, In like my mind well, That's
0: one of their Popular numbers uh, Fred
4: Oh there yeah. you go That's why I don't know <laughs> Sort of like n- <laughs> Yeah
1: were they, were they connected With Neurosis and other San Francisco Kind of industrial noise No not group?
0: at all They were more tied into like The grunge kind of thing Okay So like they They would get put on bills You know
4: yeah for whatever reason i was thinking like steel pole bathtub was like godhead silo and like
0: godhead silo yeah a great band
4: yeah uh, that band band was amazing uh also another two-piece band for a time um Mm -hmm. but yeah like i it was not what i expected to hear
0: yeah yeah, yeah and and sorry you know playing the hits fred
1: (laughs) (laughs) i can imagine like that sounds very um what's the word i'm looking for uh I don't know. It sounds very kind of staid, but I can imagine live it would be just really punishing. You know? Oh yeah. It, it's it sounds very not not produced in the sense that there's like heavy production going on, like a, a band that I'll play a little later. But like it it sounds very almost muted. Uh, well, you can hear, you can like hear the vocals. Driving a truck, like to me, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. The vocals are nice and loud, which right. like, you know is one thing about that whole era of music in the late '80s and early '90s, like. There's always like some really amazing bands that would have the vocals so down low in the mix. There's, I'm not going to name, well, I mean, like Archers of Low, for one thing. Like, well, I, I listen to their it's... records and like, I just wish I could hear the word wingtip slow. Like,
1: that was the like, Albanian like, influence, though, right? That wasn't, wasn't that like kind of his thing where like he's like, yeah, you're not the Beatles. We don't need to, we don't need to turn the vocals up way high well, because
0: because he couldn't sing doesn't mean that all the people he working with right. was working with couldn't you know like I know but... like Fred Fred can sing
4: oh no I cannot sing but uh, <laughs> but you know the, the Schlack records like I, I can hear Albini in the, in the mix on those I don't know if he really was taking his own advice on those
1: uh, yeah I don't know uh, but I would remember reading interviews where he would like say those sorts of things like the vocals are always way too high in the mix they need to be much lower you know
0: I don't know I argue with that yeah
1: so yeah. Anyway, well, thank you, Bob. I, like, it doesn't great.
0: matter. Like, it doesn't matter if you can't sing. Like, if you've written a song and you've made words, unless you want to totally hide the words or bury the words, which most people don't want to do because they've written a song with vocals and you want your words to be heard.
1: Yeah. Correct. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, Fred, like, he makes like how many songs did you make this year? Like, that you've recorded or didn't didn't record? You probably made like eighty songs this year. Right,
4: something around eighty songs for sure. Easy,
2: easy eighty yeah. songs. Yeah,
0: yeah. So like, if when you record them and you like want to properly record them or release them on the or or lifelike, then like you want to make sure that your words are heard because that's a part, a big part of your game.
4: I mean, I'm getting over, I'm getting over it just like everybody else. It's taken a long time to actually like push those vocals up in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was suffering from the same um, stigma that that you know that you're talking about. Yeah i mean i don't
1: know but
0: like you've been around for a long time fred i mean like you know you're no newbie to the game like i can understand that like shyness like but yeah
4: yeah but i'm still i feel like every time i learn something i i'm learning it for the first time again even when it's like something as simple as like oh yeah turn the vocals up like make sure that the snare is like loud make sure that like you're in tune all these things i i don't know i uh might be self sabotage. I'm not totally conscious of, but it's certainly something where I'm like, "Oh yeah, let's let's try it this way this time."
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that the, your words should be heard. Hey, you yeah, know, I agree. A,
1: a, as as the man once said, shyness is nice, but shyness can stop you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: right? in mean, big time.
1: Uh, all right, well, I'm going to yeah. play something that you recorded, Fred. Oh, sweet. Uh, and this is a new release. Uh, came out a little earlier this year. Uh, I think the vinyl's already out of print, which is great, because it means it's gotten some a- attention. But it's also sad, because it means that people listening can't buy it on vinyl, although there maybe will be a repress. It's the self-titled, from the self-titled release by Dr. Pete Larson and his cytotoxic Neatidi band. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to play a Biro. B-R-O. Let's just play it, and then we'll talk. Because I knew yeah,
0: well, Fred will have to tell us about this. Fred, Fred will yeah. That's, yeah. That's
2: I
1: almost I almost didn't do. I did a little bit of research, enough research to realize Fred records it and plays on it. So I don't want to research it further, and we'll let Fred talk about it. So yeah, uh, here you go, yeah. a, a bureau.
5: Dr. Pete Larson. Sungwater.
1: No, Dr. Pete Larson. Sung no. so, Sungwater's wa- sung coming later. That was Dr. Pete Larson.
0: Dr. Pete Larson.
1: Who's
4: that?
0: What's going on with the? Um, what was the main <laughs> instrument there?
4: Um, Dr. Pete Larson's a friend of mine since um, God early '90s and. Um,
0: Ypsilanti guy.
4: He, um, Ypsilanti, Ann Arbor. I, I don't know exactly where he grew up. I think he might have grown up in in Mississippi, actually. And he ended up going to Ann Arbor for, you know, for college. And um, when I was in high school still, Pete, Pete's a good, maybe like seven years older than me. But when you're in high school, anybody so He's nice, you know, Yeah,
0: nice.
4: but like when you're when you're 15 and someone's 23, it's a huge difference, <laughs> no, you know. So totally. Like Pete, yeah. So I met Pete when he was doing um, Bald Records, which is like a kind of noise, weird, kind of like early 90s just the first independent label i ever experienced i have so many releases insane sounds
1: so many so many releases on bulb records uh so many seven inches the couch
0: dr beat larson made a really pretty piece of music there i mean
1: yeah
4: yeah he he, uh
1: how many
0: singers were on that you recorded that and you played what did you play the electric did you play that wailing electric guitar in the
4: background yes i did that was me
2: yeah that was you (laughs) that was you
0: like cutting loose i mean you definitely got into the
2: vibe of that fred
4: well, it, it's wild, man. Like, like Pete and I, you know, met however many, like, you know, 30 years ago, and then about 10 years ago, um, Pete went to Kenya to because he's he's actually a doctor. He's an epidemiologist, so he's
1: bless his heart. Yeah, right. He's yeah, been busy, he's busy right now. Yeah, yeah.
4: But he he was in Kenya studying um, snake bite and how snake bites were were transmitted, and um, and he picked up this. Instrument down there called the NITITI, which is sort of like a five-stringed lyre instrument.
0: Yeah, and, and that's what that's what he played there, right?
4: Yep, he was playing that, and yeah, he came,
0: you could. That was yeah, a cool man. It's called a naititi.
4: Yep, naititi.
0: How do you spell
4: and, that thing? N y a t t i. I think yeah. I might be wrong, though. It's not in front of me. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think <laughs> Yeah, right. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I don't mean to trick you, Fred. But <laughs> no, it sounded no. amazing, you know.
4: It's a, it's an amazing thing like he just is I guess some of the songs he's playing are like traditional like Kenyan folk songs that he's kind of reinterpolating and then his band is just sort of like uh improvising. So he's a percussionist named Mike List, um, me on guitar, uh a vocalist named Kat Stai and Pete.
0: She's fantastic.
4: Yeah, yeah, she's I mean the the lyrics are definitely so How do we w-
0: get that? Like good. how do we get that? How do we how do we listen to that like on Bandcamp mm-hmm. or like is that a record or
4: he made a record, but I think he only made a hundred copies. So yeah, the yeah, re- gone, record's yeah. gone. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Pete's putting out a record, like last year he put out two or three records, like a live thing They made a hundred copies of, and a tape, and that more kind of produced studio thing, and we we got stuff in the can that we were working on, and, you know, it's, it's really different. The thing that's interesting about that is, like, it's so different from his band Couch, which was sort of like a cranky noise band from, you know, 91, 92, where, like, he had a band called, uh, Fucking like 25 Suaves was a sort of like Motorhead inspired rock band that he did Throughout the 2000s That was All is amazing but here we are now Doing this sort of like psychedelic African music
0: Well and that's fantastic You know like we're talking 25-30 years later in his musical Experience like when he was a kid he was playing The pump and now he's like you know, completely expanded his borders. And so I totally. had
1: no idea that he was in couch. I have, I have all the couch seven inches. I have the couch. Didn't they do a split twelve inch couch? Yep,
4: split twelve inch with bullet in the head.
1: That's right. I have the couch bullet in the head twelve inch. Um, I have a bunch of bulb releases. That's that's crazy. And yeah. you know, I mean. Like I said, when I as soon as I saw that you were on this, I stopped doing the research. So I didn't even realize that uh, until you mentioned it just now.
4: Well, it's nuts, man, because like Pete and I, we go way back, but we have been kind of in and out of touch. And he moved back to Ann Arbor to teach at the school. And one day he just gave me a call and was like, hey, I'm playing a show in Ipsy. Bring your guitar, sit in with us. And I didn't know what he was wanting to play or, you know, it was just sort of like felt like a jazz gig kind of. And um, that was like two years ago, and he'll just call me the day of a show and be like, "We're playing Detroit tonight. We're playing this place tonight." We're, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. It's awesome. And so <laughs> it's got to be a
0: really good live, right? Like,
4: I think live's where it really shines.
0: Yeah, like, yeah I mean, I'm sure. Although you captured it very well in the recording, like you can oh, feel you. the live.
1: Yeah. It, it it definitely has a live feel to it. And and Bob, you asked where you can listen to it. It's the it's Pete Larson. L a r s o n, not s e n s o n. Dot Pancamp dot com is where you can find his stuff.
4: Sick man. Yeah. I was I was excited to have Pete be kind of focus of the show because for me it kind of illuminates how Michigan is so interconnected. Like everybody who makes music in Michigan has some sort of connection to each other, whether or not they're friends, whether or not they like dig each other's stuff. There's like sort of like a limited. But ex- extremely close-knit, kind of like a crew in Michigan.
0: that's so great.
1: And it's probably that way
4: everywhere.
0: We, well, we were talking not about really. That, no, no, it's not that way everywhere. We were talking no.
1: exactly about that about scenes in the last episode. and I think I think you said, Fred, that you listened to our last show where both Bob and I were saying we never really felt part of a scene. I mean, me, understandably because I'm not a musician. But even as somebody who did a little bit of a record label, like I never felt like I was like i always felt disconnected from a scene so it's it's great to hear that you feel like you are a part of a scene and, and the, these musicians are supporting each other and you know yeah i mean it's
4: fantastic it, well it, it goes so crazy to be back it goes so far back that like um pete had a, a son when he was maybe like i'm gonna say like 21 22 and um i was babysitting his kid back in the day and now we are all at gigs together hanging out you know, as adults. That's so,
0: cool, man. Yeah, it's, that's it's so wild. Great. And, that's like, cool. there's no gigs, right? There's no gigs.
4: No, there's no gigs, for instance, like March. But, yeah. like, up until that point, like, the thing that's cool about Ipsy and Detroit and Ann Arbor is that there are nightly gigs that are mostly locals.
0: I like the way you call it Ipsy. That's for some
1: of
4: her. <laughs> like Ipsy. Ipsy. Ipsodante.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so, Fred, you wanted to play a song from one of Pete's earlier bands, right?
4: Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, like, when I was in high school and finding out about Bold Records, um, I met this guy, Aaron Dillaway, and he was like, uh, he's like, oh, yeah, I, I do this band Galen. Here's my 7-inch. I was like, you have a record? You have, like, an actual, like, how did you get that? He's like, oh, my friend Pete put it out, and it was unlike anything I really heard because I was sort of, like, making, you know, super chunks kind of sounding like math Rocky music at the time. And he had this just sort of like a messed up noise band. The closest thing I could really understand it being like was maybe like John Spencer or something mm-hmm. like that, but not even close. So uh, this is like, you know, children making this messed up music. Cool.
1: That's awesome. Uh, and so it's Galen. The song is for the Forkman. Yep. All right, let's let's dig it. Uh, from Ball Records, and what year was this?
4: I'm gonna say '93.
1: '93, okay.
0: chaos total Completely. chaos uh
1: reminds me a lot of a band do you ever hear the band math
4: oh yeah math was on bulb also
1: yeah yeah loved love i have that uh the i think the only lp they released rubber music is one of my yeah. favorite records i love that record
4: that uh, record's amazing they have the song that counts from like one to a hundred <laughs> yeah, to start one, it in two,
1: yeah. <laughs> Right, and you're like, "Oh my God, it's not going to stop!" And it just—that's right.
4: yeah. just the song we counted in for like four minutes, I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah. no, but that—that's that's cool. And um, Aaron, so I—I I don't think I'd ever heard Galen, although. Um, I knew a lot of the other stuff that, that Aaron Dilloway was in. He's, he was in a lot of other um, noise bands on Bulb, too, right?
4: Yeah, I mean, like, he was one of the founding people in Wolf Eyes. Um, he does, like, Hanson Records. is like a record store and label in uh, Oberlin, Ohio. I just does a lot of solo stuff and has been involved in countless things.
0: What I was yeah. doing, like, in Oberlin.
4: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we send each other memes all the time. That's like our primary form of communication. (laughs) It's like daily memes.
0: Are you good at memes?
4: I mean, I'm getting better. I'm definitely... You're
2: a memer. You're a memer.
4: Something of a memeologist. Do
1: do you create your own or do you just find ones that you send?
4: I've made a couple, but if you don't get one that like captivates the world, you feel like a failure. So I just use other people's. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But that was cool. So... Now, Galen, you said that was his first band. Did they release much?
4: I mean, they released a record and a 7-inch and a couple things, um, but it was one of those things, like, that was...
1: How do you spell
0: Galen?
4: G-A-L-E-N. It was like, when I was seeing that band play for the first time, it was just utterly mind-blowing to be introduced to something like kind of on the same level of like thinking fellers, local union or like yeah. Carol- Carolina or, or something that right. bl- blew my mind. You know, like the craziest thing I'd heard was like the Jesus lizard. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm totally tough. Cause I know this like intense band, but then these really clean cut looking sort of like sweet kids start playing that noise at a, like a, like a basement show. And I was like, okay, I don't know anything. I got to figure this out. <laughs> you know, like, um, the per, the person playing uh, oboe in the band was Julie Huntington, first person I dated ever because I was just so impressed with their band. You know, like, it's one of those things. Yeah, formative.
1: Oh yeah, the 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 many moods of Marlon Magus. I have uh, yep. I have that seven inch. Um,
0: well, Jesus, you guys have a lot of fucking records that I don't have.
1: <laughs> I had all those like weird noise, all the bulb records. I mean, that was a bulb. Where do you release. keep them? Yeah. Uh, yeah, good question. What uh, about
0: you, Fred? Like, are you like you're a record collector of sorts, right?
4: You know, I'm a record collector, but I'm also uh, someone who sells their entire record collection every like however many years yeah. out of some sort of like weird neurosis. Yeah, <laughs> you
2: know? yeah, yeah. That's
0: interesting. what do so you do it on the discogs? You move the units?
4: You no, know, I just go even crazier, and I just like have people over to the house and say like, yeah, in buy past, this
0: thing. You play it, you play it for them, and, and they buy it.
4: Yeah, or like they're like, ooh, never saw that. I've been looking for that and make them a deal. And uh, sometimes I've sold stuff on Discogs, but I'd much rather just kind of like take it to these record store. Just like you get kind of sick of looking at stuff sometimes.
1: Yeah. Especially if you don't or, play like, it. Or
0: like you listen to things and like you're like, man, why do I own this? Or, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. You know. And, and being, then you regret
4: was, it like a year later. You're like, oh, I need that record again. <laughs> and, to... and
1: as someone who has moved across the country a couple times, I, I have to tell you, moving like shitloads of records really sucks. <laughs> oh, my God. Now I've
0: had more records stolen from me than I am. You know,
4: Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean... Record theft. That's like a that's a commitment. You got to be a real asshole to steal some records. Yeah.
0: not really because the records were just like kind of thrown all around the house and like i'm sure there was a little bit on my part of like yeah if you fucking like it just like you you know fred like if you like it have it but like i never collected any cash
4: you
6: know yeah, sure
0: sure
4: <laughs> i'm just thinking of I mean? someone like, you know, if you're saying even had more stuff stolen it's like oh how are they lifting all that stuff you know
0: like well i lived in louisville for 14 years and like it was in a shotgun cabin and like people would just come through there it's kind of like a lounge and like there'll be records playing there you know two turntables and all you know kind of chaos yeah and so just like, sticky
1: you know,
4: fingers
0: if you dig it it's like people would be like man this is amazing And be like i'll well, just have it
2: you know and <laughs> yeah. like
0: so i'm sure but, I'm, you know giving away like some valuable items but like you know that's the way life goes it's, you know at the end of the day
1: records that records are like gold these if, days i mean things that you cool. couldn't give away before are selling for, for bucks on Disney but you know products.
4: that math record you're talking about i had that record that's like a that's a good like 50 60 record and At my least. friend Knox was like oh i've been looking for that forever and i was like just take it i don't want any money just you can have it because yeah because he'll, he'll enjoy
0: it he'll, exactly right. he'll enjoy right. it like right. you know it'll be like you know people like say like you know 13 years later like thank you so much for giving
1: me that record. I mean, and that's yeah. what I would do. Like, I'll go to record stores, I'll see some, you know, these days not so much anymore because nothing really is in the dollar bin, but I would find records that I would rescue from the dollar bin or even like two or five dollars that I would have. And I, even if I had them, I would say, I know I can find someone that would want this, you know, and I would just be like, come on over, hang out, we'll listen to records, you can take some home. You know, I have, don't worry, I have an extra copy of that. Totally. See so double bubble copies? Oh, f- yeah, absolutely. If I find, if I find a record that I love and it's a buck or two, I'll be like, I'll, I, 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 need, I will just buy this because I know I will find someone that will love it. That's yeah, awesome, I've Mike. That.
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's so kind of you, like. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you could, you call me kind. And I'll call Fred kind. But like you know, like you buy two copies. Like knowing some mate, like you know, yeah. they might dig it, and then like have have my copy, have right. this copy.
1: Right? Yeah, I, I paid a buck for it. They'll be like, yeah, move, uh, so they like try and pay you, and you're like, nah, no, 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 it's no big deal.
4: Like, no, right. that's an amazing feeling, though. Like yeah. just being like think about how everything is transactional now. Oh, At, right. Like when I when I work with younger folks, like when kids who are like in their early twenties come into the studio. They want to pay for everything because it's sort of been like drilled in like that everything is about money. And I'm like, oh, you can have this thing or like I'll buy like I'll buy like a pizza and you don't have to like cash at me. You can just eat because I want you to be fed. You know right. what I mean? I like, yeah, want yeah. us all to be comfortable. It's, uh, it's, it's,
2: it's getting more like rare. It's kind like nonprofit, like
0: nonprofits where, where, where it's at. Well, totally.
1: And, 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 you know, I mean, I look at it like especially if, if I'm talking about friends i is. look at it, i look at it like hey you have this thing now maybe you'll have find something that that i want or maybe you'll buy me a meal at some point or you know it's it's almost like transactional in the sense of like okay this means that you're gonna hang out with me in the future and you'll bring food or something like that you know what i mean like that's how we trade it's not a cash trade it's
4: like, spending time it's with someone.
1: It's a
0: spiritual trade. Yeah. Yeah,
4: it's almost like a karmic karmic you know, exchange, yeah, too, you know? For sure. I'll tell you this amazing thing, man. You were talking about it. It's making me remember. There was a birthday party I went to in 1997, and my friend Wade came through, and he had this box of records. He was like, I bought this box of records for a quarter piece. Uh such an amazing record. Like, they just had so many. Everybody at the party gets a copy on me. And it was... um Arthur Russell's world of echo (laughs) and he just gave one to everybody at this fucking party. He had a box of 50 that he bought from someone who had like distroed it. And like, you know, it's 97 That's before it became like a hundred dollar record before anybody knew how amazing it was.
7: Yeah.
4: And he just wanted everyone to know. And it was, uh, I still got my copy. It's such a beautiful memory.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great, man. That kind of reminds me of like when uh, we'd have parties in college at the red house and Steve Keen is a great artist.
4: He's a painter. And he would
0: just yeah, a great painter. And he would show up at the party after like washing dishes at Eastern Standard in downtown Charlottesville. And he would just like back his pickup truck in and throw like three hundred paintings.
2: <laughs> Amazing. <laughs>
0: like like he'd carry him in, like we'd help carry him in. And like everybody who's here gets a painting. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, it's just, like, a cool thing to do, you yeah. know, because, like, the guy makes, like, he's very prolific. Even even back then when I first got to know him, and he's a few years older than I am, but like, same kind of thing. Same kind of thing, as, you know, with the Arthur Russell. Like, just, like, if you give it away, they'll love it.
1: Right. And it's like finding a home where someone would appreciate it is almost more valuable in some ways than getting a few extra bucks for it.
4: Oh, yeah. That's the joy right yeah. there.
1: Yeah. 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 All right, well, Bob... Anyways, it's my turn.
0: It's my it turn. It is
1: your turn, and... I
0: don't know where to go. Like, I guess I should go for food for thought.
1: Uh, uh, well, you could follow the noise of Galen with a little bit of noise if you wanted. What do you
0: yeah, think? Yeah, no, actually, I'll go with O.O.K. Okay. And I play a very short song, okay, which is, of course, Linda Hopper on the vocals, Linda Stipe, Michael Stipe's sister on the bass. There's no guitar in this, so... Fred, you're being like you know i'll be i could add my guitar bits in here sort but like, of, like yeah. sort of like, God right, like we, the we talked
2: we talked Godhead. it's classic it's
0: classic like 1981 like party rock from the great rock and roll city of athens georgia and uh this is a song cut it's on their wow mini album which was released in 1981 on db records and it oh, called yeah. lil, it's called lil it's called lilting
8: I like
1: Fun little one. Damn, Blink. that's great. Blink and you miss it. Yeah, I l-
4: yeah. I've never heard that before. That's amazing. I love that.
0: They compiled all their music. It's like an amazing compilation in 2011 that came out. I don't have the information in front of me, but like they compiled everything they did with a bunch of live tracks and it's, I mean, oh, okay.
1: Contemporaries like a of Pylon, right? Yeah. It was sort of like, had
4: think, the same yeah. kind of like a uh, Pylon energy a little bit.
0: No, totally. And like, you know, same scene. They play, you know, bedrooms and apartments and stuff. It's a great band.
1: Fun. They're a band, for whatever reason... Now, are they connected to, or did they share members with Hetch Hetchy?
0: Nothing I know of.
1: Yeah? For whatever reason, in my head... I
0: know Linda Hopper, like, you know, the vocalist. She she did other stuff. I'm
1: going to look them up as we're talking, because I feel like Hetch Hetchy uh, was also a... And, uh, the Georgia band. Uh, you, you just
0: play another you played another OK song. Well, I I could I mean, Hetch Hetchy was, Hetchy was play 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 playtime. Play playtime by OK while you look stuff up.
1: Okay, so yeah, so Hatch Hetchy was Linda Stipes uh other band. Um they released an album in nineteen ninety on Texas Hotel.
0: Well yeah, come on, that's over my head, but like play uh play playtime by OK.
1: Playtime? Play okay, uh, I will yeah. If you I'll, don't mind I will, I mean, No, hey, I don't mind hey, at all Hey Siri, Yeah. write hey, it right there Yeah, here you go
0: Like it takes it back, doesn't
4: it? For sure, but, but it's, it's interesting. All the Athens bands from, you know, 80s and 90s, whatever, like, they you all know, had kind of like a, a core of like disco or like dance. Even yeah. REM kind of had that sort of like got to keep the party moving. Mm-hmm. Lots of hi hats and lots of like. Mm-hmm.
1: You well,
0: know. you know, there was, there was of course, B 52s and there's sure. Pylon. You
1: know? Pylon, B 52s. You know, it almost yeah, reminds B-52s. me a little of ESG already, as well. Yeah.
4: Totally.
0: Yeah. Which is probably by accident, but like
1: sure but that's another like keep the party going band uh yeah yeah for sure
0: that's like a band that played like house parties and stuff and like they got a little bit of coverage and stuff like that but like but they 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 made a they compiled all their stuff in 2011 on a record i don't have the information in front of me but you can buy it
1: yeah okay cool. yeah i think it's called it's just complete, good party rock complete recordings yeah yeah oh, i like that yeah. that was that yeah. was really cool and and they're a band that I just kind of missed, I think, for whatever reason. Like, I I obviously know B-52s and Pylon and, and all those, but I guess because they only released, like, an EP and a 7-inch. Yeah, that's it, yeah. It, it, it never really hit me. Um, thank you for the reminder, Bob. That was cool.
0: Huh, yeah. Um, and so, any, Fred, anyways, Fred, like, if you were playing guitar in that, what would you have done? There's, like, kind of needles in the background? If I was what now? If you were the guitar player in that band, they didn't have a guitar <laughs> player. Dude what would you have done would, like?
4: I wouldn't have done anything. That that music was perfect. It didn't need guitar. <laughs> I was like as I was thinking about like the Marine Girls and how they're sort of like
2: Yeah. So, no, and no,
4: or like young Marble Giants so much better without like the extras. So right. if I was the guitar player, I might have just like gone and had a drink or something. I don't know. Like I would not have messed <laughs> yeah. with it. It was too good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well grab yourself a drink, Fred. Are you up next?
4: am i not is it me no, i think it's I think
1: me it, I, i'm gonna play sung water next bob you okay. you uh oh, yeah, water. you sorry
0: i don't even know the turns there's nine nine people it's okay
1: I, I, i'll keep track so well,
0: you've done a hell of a job of engineering
1: well thank you um yeah yeah
0: I'll keep in mind like i asked you to like you know, pull a song out of your ass and you put it right on within 10 did. seconds
1: i did you know, hey, yeah. so, sometimes, sometimes I can I can make things work. But uh, and, you know, know, the
0: thing is, like about Mike is like he's a, like, and Fred, you should know this. Like he's done like 140 episodes of this podcast, and like he's had he's engineered them all. And like <laughs> I'm a blabbermouth. I you know,
1: <laughs> I, I, yeah. you know I, I edit some of your blabbering out, <laughs> not all of it, <laughs>
4: but occasionally. I think uh, the, the chemistry is good. Um, Don't 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 mess with it. It's perfect.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just it's friends talking music. So, what more do you want? So, but speaking of which, Sungwater. So this record, I've been listening to. I wouldn't say nonstop, but this is this is a record Mm -hmm. I got. uh, The first time I played it, I immediately started it and played it again front to back right after it ended um, that's oh, unusual yeah. it that's is unusual it's a really really good record and i don't know we should probably play it and then we can talk what about year it. Are we talking what year it just talking? came out a couple of months ago right fred and, yeah and, and
4: it's recorded last it was, year
1: fred fred recorded it um is it self-released
4: they self-released it yeah they um I think they got somebody else to do, like, the mastering. Warren DeFever from His Name Is Live did, like, a really nice mastering job on it. But they put out, like, another, like, thing where it's, like, 100 copies of the record. Just, yep. they put it out themselves.
0: And What's up with the 100 copies thing? Like, because we do, like, 500 at Burgers Tip. Like, 100 copies is, like, costs a lot of money.
4: It costs a lot of money, but, like, these bands can't sell 105 copies. <laughs> like, you No, know, like,
0: and believe me, like, I'm sitting on, like, all kinds of stuff over here at Burger's Tip. Like, yeah, it's interesting, like, Oh, nice. Anyways, oh, that's beside the it, point. 100 copies is such a limited release. Did they hand number them?
4: Probably. Yeah. I mean, I I got three copies for recording it. Um and I don't remember if they're numbered or not, but uh
1: I don't think they're I amazing. don't think they are. Uh it's it's a pretty well-done package. Where do you guys
0: find this stuff like? There's from. like
1: there's package oh, deals yeah, now.
0: Fred Fred knows, but like, Mike, how'd you get this?
1: Um so I I first heard about it because uh, Mark Masters, or no, maybe Mike McGonigal. One of the two. Mike, I think Mike. You
0: know McGonigal, Mike
1: McGonigal? Oh yeah, of course. Mike's the best. Yeah. Mike yeah.
4: McGonigal said, you know, really, really
1: Where, digging this. Is record. he
0: living now? Is he living in
1: Detroit?
4: Last I checked, yeah. I know he was Portland for a minute, and I mean he's been all over. But yeah. I met him in he's Portland maybe ten years ago. Yeah. But he's, he's in Detroit, I think.
1: I think he is Detroit. So Mike posted something on his Instagram saying how much he really liked this record, and so I went. To sungwater.bandcamp.com, checked it out. At the time, it hadn't been released yet, um, so I pre-ordered it. It's now out. It's a hundred copies. There's still copies available, so it hasn't sold out. Uh, but it's just it's just a really good record, and it's. I mean, we'll play it, but like to me, it kind of has this vibe of.
0: What do you want? Do you want Fred to choose a track or? Yeah. Well, okay.
1: Fred, between I have there's two tracks that I'm kind of leaning towards. You pick between the two: either "Rainlight High" or "No Need to Worry."
4: Uh, I'm gonna say "Rainlight High."
1: Okay, I'll play it and then we'll talk about it. But um, I just, just it's, it's just a really good record. It's, it's one that I've been enjoying quite a bit.
0: The drummer, but yeah. I love everything about it. It's kind of, it kind of taps into your New Zealand sensibilities, Mike.
1: New Zealand sensibilities. I think there's a bit of a feelies vibe. Yeah, um,
0: Hoboken it, in New Zealand. And like, I, I'm not saying that it's like completely derivative, but like, it's, no,
2: it,
1: it it's one of those records that feels very familiar, but feels very fresh, and that's hard yeah. to do. I think that's part of why I was like, "What is that? I'm going to play it again." After the first time I heard it, because were they
0: from
4: In Detroit?
1: And, oh no, 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 And Fred, yeah. Fred recorded that record. It has a, I almost a sea and cake feel at times. Um, I would say even, especially on that one song. Like there's an 11 minute song that almost has like a VU meets the dead.
4: Oh yeah, I was gonna say like we are all kind of like like big deadheads. Um, the people in Sunwater, like, there's a band called Mountains and Rainbows, which uh, had a record on Castle Face that I recorded. And out of that, kind of like, they're like, oh, we got these other songs. And they kind of worked on a, another Mountains and Rainbows records that, that got shelved. But then after, like, it was shelved for a year, like, oh, we got this new band, Sunwater. Water. It's kind of like our Grateful Dead, pastoral, you know, all things must pass rock band. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, super amazing people, great. You know, again, just people I've known for a long time. Kind uh, of have like a. You guys relation. are
2: loaded in Michigan. With <laughs>
4: people.
0: You guys are loaded. Like you're like the New New Zealand.
4: Well, lo- loaded with a uh, friendship and talent, and not loaded with dollars at all. That's <laughs> kind of like those are the.
0: Well, yeah, but like
4: the they. True, true, true. Th- that's right. By, by the yeah, record it's
1: Sungwater talent
0: is way bigger than the dollar mate
1: at least at least on November 25th 2020 the Sungwater uh debut LP edition of 100 is still available <laughs> uh, fucking hell and it's yeah. it's, it up. it's cheap too i mean it's it's um you can buy I can it
0: this show to order my, my copy i'm worried about like you know actually we're not it's, live so like, i have a shot
1: it's 18 18$ $18 plus $4 shipping in the U.S. for a, an edition of 100 And when I saw that, I was like, $18 for an edition of $100? i am like, I'm going to give you 30 you know, because it's a pay <laughs> pay whatever you want Like, I know what it costs to press records, and they cannot right. be making any money on this. There's
4: no way. No, well, I mean,
1: you it,
0: know, we're all non-profit, man.
4: It's non-profit, it's also like the hope is that, you know let's stay together long enough for somebody with like a label that's got some resources to re-release this, you know? Yeah.
0: But then, then like, you know, that's like, you know, I run a little record label here called Broker's Tip and like, I don't know where to send them, but like, obviously everything I put out, I hope they get a better thing, but like, right. You know,
1: what is the better so, thing, you know, like who's this? Yeah, mythical... I,
0: mean, I, I think it's, you know, one thing we, you know, we mentioned earlier in the show is that like, just about every band, like current band, even including Fred, it's like, you know, he sells most of his music after he plays his gigs.
4: Sure. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah.
0: So like, you know, it's like if Fred has a good night or even an average night, he's going to sell product afterwards. And like, so it's really difficult during these tenuous times to like expect people to go to your website and buy records, mm-hmm. you know.
2: So, I mean I, f-
4: I feel like I feel like in April there was sort of that thing where people were like, Wow, like I haven't been to a gig in in weeks. I've got all this extra like gig money. <laughs> so yeah. I like, wanna like support, but that's died down of course a little bit as this has stretched on and on and on. Right.
1: So buy go go buy Fred stuff, buy Sungwater, buy Pete Larson, although I tried to and it was already sold out. So Well, good, Fred, like, good uh, on like you, to Pete. It, uh,
0: ask you this question, like if you could pick one thing that you'd like really d- like to sell of your own music, you know, Fred Thomas, what, what would it be like?
4: Oh, wow. That's a great but question. That's a
0: tough question. Like, you know, from the last, like, you know, five years of your musical existence. Well, the,
4: the, the thing that I, I made a record in 2017 that a lot of people really connected with, uh, it's called changer. And it came out on polyvinyl record label. And people were like, "Oh, this is this is the best thing you've done. This is it." And I, I kind of think it's just because I had a really bright yellow cover. It was mm-hmm. sort of like this really beautiful, like you know, attractive thing. The songs are fine. The songs are good, but like um, one side's sort of like seven short, guided by voices like jangly pop songs, and the other side's more like electronic. And you know, it was right after I got married, we just moved to Montreal. It was like kind of like how was I mean, that? How was that? Dude, Montreal's the best. Montreal, yeah, I, yeah, if, if I. If I could still be staying there, like, it doesn't matter how cold it gets. It's one of the most romantic, beautiful places ever. You know, like I. So yeah, um, it sort of just like made it the Did first. Do
0: you have a Canadian passport?
4: No, it was just like uh, for grad school. So like, oh, person geez. I was married to was like in, in grad school, and I was just kind of like hanging out, making dinner, and like and making <laughs> oh, songs. <man.
0: laughs> That's good, bear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Strange times and. That's what the record sounds like. It sounds like, you know, we on the verge of like uh like the
0: flavor of Montreal record. It's released in two thousand seventeen. What's it called?
4: Changer. Like the it's, it's on Polyvinyl. You should check it out. It's up online and it's uh, I know the records are still floating around. I know they made more than a hundred, maybe made like five hundred, but uh
1: I bought one still re- out there. I bought one recently oh. on vinyl. In and, in and yeah. do, you. do you want to play anything from it? Uh-huh. They're short. We can play a, a, you know, two minute Pick pick a song. Title okay, track's yeah, a minute. <laughs> well, actually, a... like,
0: to play one off the electronic side, if you don't mind.
4: Okay, yeah, sure. Play um, uh, echolocation. Okay. That's easy.
1: It is.
0: What a great job of engineering. I'm microphone. queuing
4: it up right here. This is. <laughs>
1: see, this is you know, it's the nice thing it's like about it's having
0: my... a, It's like lifting a needle. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> here you go, Fred Thomas, echolocation.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
0: I've noticed that about Fred's music, like uh, whether it records it or plays on it, like there is a flat ending.
1: It, well, I think in some ways I it like leads that. into the like next just song, like right?
0: Squeeze the ship down, like no fade out. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah like
1: Nirvana, no fade outs. It just leads right into the next tune, um, which yeah. I didn't. Let that was it do. fucking
0: great, mate. That was really thank cool. you, thank you so much. Yeah, really enjoyed that.
1: I mean, I love all Fred's stuff. You know, I haven't heard as much. Um, Saturday looks good to me, which. Is sort of ironic Because I think that is Like you said at the beginning of the show What you're best known for But the stuff I've heard Is is beautiful Like this beautiful Like You know Almost like girl group pop stuff Phil Spector-esque um, Really catchy songs uh, But the solo stuff Is uh, sort of what I first heard And what drew me in So um, And um, then Thank you
4: for Thanks for checking it out It definitely was sort of like You know uh, How can I even say this Like I started doing this When I was like so young that by the time I was 25, I was like, damn, I should probably stop and get a job or like, I should probably like, you know, like it was never like something that was paying my rent or, you know, super successful or keeping me, it was probably like keeping me from developing emotionally and personally. Um, so it's always kind of like amazing. It was like, yep, I just kind of kept going into 30s and into 40s. Um, and making new stuff and feeling like it's progressing. So to hear and putting
2: posi- it out yourself, you know? yeah,
4: definitely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, positive feedback is really, right. really nice. Yeah, it's
1: fantastic. I mean, I I haven't heard everything you've done, but I certainly haven't heard anything that you've done that I didn't like. Well, and,
4: that's amazing. Don't don't dig too deep because you'll find it. But uh,
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> and 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 I think it's a testament to how different all of it sounds because like that one was more electronic, more synthy, You've you've got definitely stuff that's more acoustic. You've got stuff that's more like straight pop. Um, and
0: yeah, who was your favorite band when you were like twelve years old or um, like fifteen?
4: Man, fifteen, jeez. When I was like twelve, it was like Bob Dylan. That was my first show I saw. That was my parents' record collection. But by the time I was fifteen, it was probably like the oh, Butthole Surfers so your parents
1: or something. Are cool. Yeah, your parents are cool.
4: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. The butthole super surfers super cool. for
1: fi- at 15 did you ever see them live
4: i wish no i never saw the surfers and and never saw a lot of bands i love a lot i never saw neil young never saw like a bunch of stuff that i, I wish i had but um i mean i can still see them still see both these bands at some point maybe but you know it just hasn't happened yet hopefully
0: uh let's let's hope we get the engine rolling in 2021 we'll see
4: <laughs> yeah the tour together butthole surfers yeah. and Neil young package tour <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, um, stranger things I have mean, happened.
0: I, I think the buttholes are pretty much defunct.
4: I think so too, but a boy can dream. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, saw them. They, they scared the shit out of me <laughs> a few times. <laughs> uh,
1: well, I think you're next, Fred, right? You, uh, this one's oh, just... is it me? Yeah, I guess I it's, it's me. you. I think shit. it's your last song. Um, I think BB Butcher.
4: Yeah. Um, this is a, a collaboration between Detroit rapper named Baldy James. And a producer from Detroit named Sterling Tolls.
0: So you had and, nothing uh, to do with this.
4: Nothing to do with it. But you know, I'll tell a story about this before we play it. Um, I was working at the record store maybe like mm, three years ago, picking up a shift. This record store in Ann Arbor called Encore, that I've been working at since the nineties. Um, and this guy I know comes in, and he's like, Hey, we just finished this this record, let's put it out. And I'm like, Oh, cool. And so I call this guy Sterling Tolls. He actually finished recording it in 2005 it's the first vinyl release and I put the record on and before the guy left the store I was like I need to talk to this man um (laughs) so because it was this most amazing kind of like it's kind of a record about his father and the Detroit riots and it was produced kind of in this just amazing electronic kind of hip-hop producer so I ended up you know going to the dude's house and talking to him for four hours just for myself just to interview him about this record um, and the interview got published eventually on this website called Cash, and I put it out, like, just... It's just something I was like, this is something I want to know all about, and I want to tell everybody all about it, because it's one of the most striking things I've heard in years. And uh, um, what's the artist's name? Sterling Tolls. And the uh, name of the song? B.B. Butcher. Yeah,
5: let's hear, let's hear this thing. the land, nah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta be built for this, you are uh, you got out here a man, man. Is born.
3: what profit a man to gain the homework and don't have control on his soul oh god oh, but he's no good, no you want to change from the way you've been living it hasn't been easy for you oh, let's Give him a song. prepare us Prepare us to walk the streets of Detroit. I, we don't I, need to go no place. My troubles and woes. Oh, we can see you with the pots that ain't never seen the stove.
5: Skill this boat. If I sit on my bed, then I'ma be flat, bro. So I sit on my ass if I could get cash flow. So I be bout my bread, watching for task force. And swat in my launch pad, and I'm back for more. Detroit's ambassador, chancellor of the ambassador bridge. To Canada in the back of that rig. With some dust cancel rust enough to get us maximum B's. Looking in that in the brig. I'm never satisfied like my mammy, she said, J-bay just like your father, Bob. And cold. It's Detroit, Michigan in December Sold my soul to the concrete Devil in a blue dress Got me doing life in the ghetto So the music that I write for The ghetto is hoodlums Trying to make a way out of nowhere Down with heavyweight, Trey Foway Giant John C. James, cuz I pack pistols on that block, boy, tip Bro, Mac Nichols on Splash boy. shit Six-mile, brick-mile, Southfield, freeway Bro, I'm in that brick house on R If and PA cross the street from. That church across the street from where my work is. What well, do this cross mean on my Turkish? Why do I talk speed with a slur? Is it cause I'm from Detroit? When you don't eat, you don't work. Got the fiends, malls watering for a piece of dessert. Nigga, let me get a taste. You don't eat for my thirst. Get quenched till I clinch. Tend to leave a reserve. Federal promissory notes. Man, I'm telling you, I'm tired of selling dope. Cause ain't shit worse than when you gotta sell this dope. No, gotta tote this man. If I don't scale this boat. If I sit on my back. I'ma be flat broke So I sit on my ass If I could get cash flow So I be bought my bread Watchin' for task force it's it's my launch pad Cause I done got cash on all the blocks on the west side Stood on every slab, caught a hot one and didn't With this my mans get shot dead and did crap See my folk get murdered, I was just 11 They say it only get worse before it get better I pray it don't get worse than it been lately If it get any worse than what's worse than crazy Besides pistols on they Shooting. my shrink should have clicked me in the mental institution. They thinking how I think, man. I think I'm finna lose. Reaching for my peace when I feel the slightest movement, I hear the slightest noise. I'm off a skittle when I'm annoyed They got me annoyed but I ain't paranoid. Always feeling like I'm being watched. Paranoid, I can't sleep. I'm in the dope game, in the rough. Me and my girlfriend. I think these niggas. Bitches out to give me no. grass and flat Wanna leave me hanging out the trap Set me up for failure just to let me down and die When they need to dig deep down inside themselves And find themselves Instead of always trying to lose they lives I read you negativity is what I feed off And relatively speaking I think y'all niggas Is a bunch of egotistical fakers with foolish pride On they niggas we crave blood on the ghouls that's with you Cause you and I, we can use them pistols When you survive, cause I do this shit, dude You a lie, and the truth ain't in Get crucified, I shoot him in you Don't let me foul you like sleeping crystals can
1: was wild. Yeah. That was really <clears throat> wild. Um right ripe, man. That was ripe. So and that that record came out earlier this year and it's completely sold out, huh?
4: Man, that record I looked on Discogs today and there's a copy up for like $500. Some stupid. Whoa! Yeah. And it's it's on Bandcamp. You can just get it direct, support the support the artists, but yeah, it's another one of those uh not limited editions.
1: Yeah, well, I think the I think you can stream it, but I think the vinyl's gone, right? Or is it?
4: Vinyl's gone. No vinyls. That's like the sound fallout. of I
1: think the sound of the streets in Detroit.
4: I mean, I, I feel like it's very, very, very much Detroit. Like that production is just sort of like I mean, l- lyrically, like is singing about Detroit, like in every line. It's like rapping about like like different like landmarks and places, but like just the live drums and like the bass and everything it's mm-hmm. just like uh has that wintry visceral energy that all this all the Detroit stuff we're playing today kind of has no matter what style it is
1: yeah I love yeah, that. yeah definitely man that was that's really cool is the whole record kind of that same vibe
4: I feel like uh it is and and I might even like not pick the best song like the drum production is just something I really haven't heard on a rap record yet so it's uh it's innovative well, that's the right stuff thing
0: is like, like don't pick the best one
4: yeah, true. <laughs> you
0: know what I mean? Yeah. Now, don't pick the best one.
4: And,
1: and his name. You leave so him
0: hanging, leave him hanging.
1: Sterling Tolls. Yeah. And, and then I
0: spell that.
2: I spell that.
4: S T E R L I N G T O L E S and and that's the producer and the rapper is Boldy James. B O L D Y James. Boldy Fucking James hell man. Huh. That's cool.
0: Yeah, you hear Mr. Ghost is singing tonight. He's, Mr. Ghost love that. Mr. Ghost, beautiful. he comes out. Yeah, comes out for the
1: Ghosty's yeah, Ghosty's Ghost, into it. He's getting down. Uh It's um, a big Ghost in Ed. full
0: effect. That's my corgi. Yeah, <laughs> it's in full effect. Beautiful. Yeah, so anyways, I'm going to I guess I'll shift gears a bit. I'll go to do like a John Weiss. You guys know John Weiss?
4: Sure. I know Weiss. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Freak electronic music and this is from 2009 when he hooked up with a uh, saxophone player, brilliant, named Evan Parker. Legendary. And this is, you know, this is like, a, you know, completely like, I think they call it free jazz, don't
1: they? Sure. You know. Yep. Noise.
0: And, yeah, it's noise. So, like, I play these guys some noise. It's, it's not going to take too much of your time up, but, like, it's just kind of food for thought. I want to hear what you guys say about, say about this. This little black book. 2009 off of a record called c-section it was recorded in england
4: all
2: right sick
1: Parker's a legend played with Derek Bailey. I feel feel like he's the saxophone version of Derek Bailey. Where... Well, I
0: saw like, you know, I saw Borbettum August.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah.
0: In like 88, I drove from uh, Charlottesville to DC space, which was a cool club. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> and and August played for like two hours. And I was like thinking like, you know, we need to hear some Borbettum August. And like... So, I got like in, I kind of got free jazzy like the last couple of weeks. And sure. then I was like, you know, John Weiss. Yeah. You know.
4: John Weiss is, man, I'm a fan of John Weiss. And uh, it's
0: very prolific, like you, Fred. Like, he's uh, busy.
4: He's busy and he goes a, a bunch of different ways too. Like, I, I f- found out about him through his group, Sissy Spacek, which is sort of like a grindcore band that he does his noise stuff too. And um, we had a conversation, a, a communication, maybe like in 2007. And I'll never forget it because I wrote him and I was like, hey, you know, I really want to come to this gig that you're doing when I was living in Portland. But it's the same night as Bell and Sebastian, uh, so I can't go. And this wild noise dude was like, oh, no, I love Bell and Sebastian. I'm going to try to get over to the gig after my thing. <laughs> and we just kind of had this, like this re- like, I'm talking to John Reese about how we both are such big Bell and Sebastian fans. Uh, great so, band,
0: great band. Yeah,
4: but respect. Did you for, go see
0: Bell and Sebastian
4: that night? I did, yeah. I, I skipped the wee gig to go see that's, Bounce Sebastian.
1: That's funny. Yeah, and I think I talked last show about how I kind of missed in the early 2000s uh, a lot of the indie rock because I was delving more into like the noise and free jazz stuff, and it was exactly that kind of stuff where I was searching for things along those lines that were so completely unpredictable where you didn't even know what was coming next in the next note let alone the next minute and so completely unscripted that uh there was something very exciting and almost like i would say punk rock about it you know like that there was no there were no rules there were there were no note i mean no music you know like prepared beforehand it was just whatever came out Whatever.
0: You, you kind of set up, set up the computer and shit on the desk, and like you just kind of let it ride.
1: You, Yeah, you react to what the other person's doing, you know, and you could hear what John was doing on the computer reacting to what Evan was doing on the park, on, um, yeah. on the saxophone. Yeah. Um,
4: I mean, easily, uh, people who don't like it or they're not really like with noise, it's like, oh, this is like artless, just like jibber jabber improv. But it's like, oh, I think there's more of like a. a communication to it then then it might be immediately apparent for sure
1: the funny thing
0: about that kind of music is like when you watch it live like it's just like dudes with desks so like (laughs) it's not like you know like like when you play live like you know how demonstrative are you
4: i mean i wish i was a little bit more I'm, i'm mostly just like playing guitar and singing and sometimes like you know if i'm if i'm playing drums i get pretty demonstrative but like my songs have a lot of words, so I'm basically trying to keep up with well, myself. Well, if
0: your drums are on the back line, like so, when you're on the front lines,
4: yeah, I'm kind of boring. I got to be honest. I'm kind of just like you're really,
0: you're just like, like you rely on your tunage.
4: Yeah, I do.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not telling you to do
4: otherwise, but like, no, I wish I, I wish I was a little bit more um, emotive sometimes, for sure.
1: I mean, I feel like it's easy for people to dismiss noise, understandably so as oh you know anybody could do it they're just twisting you know it's like like we mentioned memes earlier have you seen the meme of it's it's like two two you know uh, 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 two images of both from like some sort of gangster cop movie and the first one is a guy saying uh yeah i made a three hour uh noise record you know or ambient record And, (laughs) and, and then the second one is, is the other guy saying, yeah, so did my dishwasher. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's
0: like, I've got a, I've got a toilet. which just really like makes an amazing sound in the basement of my house. (laughs) And like anytime anybody asks me to do anything, I just always hit the toilet and just go ahead and rip it.
1: But that's, I mean, in a way, like it's a, a huge joke, but it's also like, there's some truth to it, like finding the music in the mundane and finding the beauty in the uh, normalcy of life. Uh, I don't know, like like that was part of also what drew me to a lot of this stuff. And, you know, going back to even like the bulb work, you know, the bulb record stuff. It was a lot of these like industrial life noises, like anything could be music. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. Trips twenty one, nurse yeah. with wound, you know, yeah. White House, you know, like
1: Mersbo, um,
0: Mersbo, Borbada Magas.
4: Yeah, like, you know. yeah, yeah. They're, they're... About about like eight years ago is exactly what y'all are talking about. Like I, I was doing this comp for but for Lifelike for the label, and I wrote Thirst and More. I was like, hey man, like we've talked a couple times here and there. Would you give me something for this comp? And um, he's always like really, really friendly, if kind of brief in his emails. And he's like, sure, man, whatever. And like, he's three cool or four like months, that. Yeah, he's really sweet, really nice guy in my experience. And and about three months later, me he too, sent me this, yeah. this track that was like just the sound of the pipes in his basement,
5: yeah, um, in, yes. in his building.
4: And I was like, oh, it's going to, like, I think a lot of people bought that comp because they saw Thurston Moores on it and like Sonic Youth fans. And it's just this, it's literally just like uh, some delay on, on, radiator pipes, but there was something to it still. Yeah. There was something kind of beautiful about yeah. it.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. And and I mean, I think that's the work of the artist is to, to take something that might not seem like beautiful music and make something out of it. You know, and obviously it's not for everybody, but it's the kind of thing that I certainly leaned into uh, years ago. And at times I find myself just like, I need to put on a weird noise record. You know, well, I did it.
0: uh, Yeah, I I listened to Mr. Weiss all day, and Whitney was like, What is that? Like, (laughs) and and, you know, when like, What is that? Like, yeah, the computer was malfunctioning,
1: (laughs) (laughs) right? It sounds sounds like a CD skipping at times, yeah. Well, I'm
0: brilliant, artist, brilliant artist.
1: I'm gonna transition out of that. you
0: be gonna play some proper rock and roll
1: music. Uh, you know, I don't even know if I would call this rock and roll. I'm gonna I'm gonna play something that's very, um, I guess the opposite of improv, like very prepared, um, but in a beautiful way. I mean, this is a band that I don't, admittedly, I don't know a ton about, um, and I've kind of delved into recently. Um, they make why so? Um, I think. Part of it is something that I'm going to play after I play the song, and, and those of you who don't want to hear can can tune out, but they they just... Well, are,
0: they'll say it. Like, are, are, Fred, Fred's here. Fred's I'm here.
1: We're all, we'll all stick around, I'm but they're, they're such... Yeah. They're such like They're a band that used the studio as their own instrument, kind of the way Brian Eno did, um, Todd Rundgren, you know, I, I think... I would see them as almost a British version, a British combination of, say, Steely Dan and Sparks. I'm talking about 10 CC. Yeah. Weird, I think that, yeah. yeah. 10 CC, because they're they're weird and quirky, but also, like, kind of pretty and poppy at the same time. And, you know, they had a couple (laughs) really huge hits, you know, not least of which uh, is I'm Not In Love, which... If you don't know the story of how that was made, I'll play this British documentary. It's like ten minutes long about how that song was crafted. It's so fascinating to me. I wouldn't
0: bother with that.
1: No, I'm serious, Bob. It's so fascinating to me. Like I actually listen to this thing every year. And as Oh no shit. Yeah, it's it's incredible. It it's so it's enthralling. What about you,
0: Brad? Do you want to hear this?
1: I want to hear it. I'm yeah, curious. It's enthralling, especially as somebody who records music. Um, I can't imagine you not being interested. But but first, let me play a song from the How Dare You record, which was released the same year um, on a, it. They released two two albums in 1975. One was the original soundtrack where, where I'm Not In Love uh, appeared. Uh, and the other was this one, uh, which I think came out a few months after. The album is called How Dare You. This is a song called Iceberg. I wasn't sure what to play. It's kind of a shorter one. It's kind of quirky, poppy, um, definitely in the Sparks vein. So would be curious what you think.
9: I got class, I got style But once in a while, up the time You better wash out your zone Watch out your stone bone head woman Watch out you bone Ever since I left me in a basket on the freeway It's me that's been a in your shadow It's me that's been a shadow in your dark You got me hung up, block stock and barrel I'll always be behind you in the fog So you better not deny me or Something that I might regret You better not deny me or out Something that you won't forget in a hurry And I might be bad for some Swappy seconds! You've heard me heavy breathing on the telephone. My word. Said that I belong in a home for crazy people, but you know I don't belong. There was an open and couldn't it. I'm an open
1: a weird little song, right? Totally. Uh, Stockport
0: rocks, man. Stockport,
1: especially, especially how they end. I mean, what was the end of that? Like, like a hog snorting. The lyrics are like, you know, uh, and I'll be back for sloppy seconds. Like, it's just, it's so such a dichotomy of like this delicate, weird, little quirky music and these like odd lyrics. Um, I don't know.
4: It's almost, it's almost like a more like. A... Like chamber pop, Zappa, or something, a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, for sure. And and I mean, that, I've
4: really never listened to Ten CC at all, so it's kind of like, what the hell is that? <laughs> what it's the crazy. hell is
0: that? Yeah, exactly.
1: Right, same. Right, same. right. I mean, and that whole record, "How Dare You," I think is 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 very good. Um, and definitely has a Sparks feel to it. I think Sparks mm-hmm. certainly and Steely Dan have kind of been re- rediscovered recently. I've never really
0: listened to Steely Dan.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like, you know, the hits, like... Um, What's the
0: biggest Steely Dan song? I've never really um, heard of Steely hey Dan. 19. I know a lot of people love them, but I've never really listened to
4: fucking Steely Dan. Hey the, I, they're amazing, and they're one of those bands that, like, you hear the song, and you're like, "That's Steely Dan, I thought that was Fleetwood Mac, or... Right. Yeah,
1: they're Australian, right? No, 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 they're from, from like, Queens, I think. Yeah, I sound
0: listen to Steely Dan. Like, a lot of people, like, will, like, fucking, like, be like, this guy's an idiot, but, like, I think, like, the Aja record cover, the AGA record cover, like, yeah. hit me off when
1: I was a kid. So, you know, Steely Dan, Bob, they they did Dr. Wu that Minutemen covered on Double Nickels. That's so that's the Steely Dan song you know.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, the only <laughs> Steely Dan song I
1: know.
4: <laughs> um,
1: but, like,
0: but, like, what's your experience with Steely Dan, Fred?
4: I feel like... Um, I, you know, I was into punk, and I was like Steely Dan. No, that's like mall music. That's music for shop for like the grocery store. Same, then, same. So I was yeah, just like no, yeah, Steely Dan. Yeah. But then I found myself like there's a song called "A uh, Mild School" that they do, and yeah. I was like, this is like Stevie Wonder, but like more like belligerent. I mean, Stevie Wonder's not belligerent at all. So like a belligerent like Jewish Stevie Wonder like it's <laughs> amazing. Like super poppy, super plastic.
1: We'll play oh. we'll play that one, Mike. Uh sure. Um I can I can pull up my old school. Um you know, but you probably know that song um Peg. They call Alabama the Crimson Tide and they call me Deacon Blue. You know that song, right, Bob? No. No? Um, no. I,
4: feel like, I feel like it's so dense. You got to hear the song to be like, "Oh right!" I, and, it's not going to be like, you know,
1: "Yeah, exactly." Yeah, you like, know, I'm "Reeling so in the Years" and "Ricky, don't lose that number."
2: But yeah, I know, "Ricky, don't lose that number."
1: Yeah, so. I know. You know, um, "Reeling in the Years," right?
0: Yeah, I think so. But like, I, haven't heard, I don't listen to that.
1: You okay. Know. Well, here you go. I I have <laughs> oh Jesus! I have my old my old school ready to go.
4: <laughs> this is the five songs podcast
1: Let's play it, yeah, I know, we're just oh, yeah, no, going to keep going We'll keep, we'll keep going the People show. can fast forward if they want They're, You know, we don't have any ads We don't have, you know We just do what we want, so
0: No, no, yeah, believe me, this is like You know, we just do what we want It's on the great Yeah Hey, Fred, do you know how yeah. they like, did the slow fade out on that?
4: Yeah, not into it. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. That was an absolute. That's not my scene.
4: You don't like it?
2: No, it's... no.
0: I mean, like, you know, it's actually a validation for me for skipping over
4: it. Like, Beautiful.
2: Yeah.
0: So it's like, you know, it's like, you know, it's like. When was that made?
1: That was like uh,
4: 70, 78, 79, something like that. Uh,
0: it was yeah, earlier I think about, wasn't I think it about like 78 79.
1: That was like, like
2: seventy three. That, that was, 73. That was Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, whatever.
0: Concerned. You're cl- Fred. You're closer than I would have gotten. And uh, I mean, fuck, man. Like, I can live without that shit. <laughs>
2: yeah, okay. I,
4: I dig it, and I, you know, like, I uh, I'm always happy when someone really, really doesn't like something that I'm into because it's like, yes, I don't know, I don't know why, but like, I, I played my friend Will the Wipers one time, and he's like, "Get this shit off," and I was like, "You don't like this." I like you. Yeah, yeah, that suggests, yeah, exactly, that suggests yeah. growth. You know, that suggests yeah, that I'm not just like a.
1: Well, fucking, the like,
0: were far better than fucking Steely <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah All
1: right, said, well, not to argue
0: with your friend, but uh,
1: like, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I want, I want you to both indulge me. Oh, here we go. While Look I play, he's double, he's triple bubbling. Well, I want to, I want to play this, this little documentary. It's, it's nine minutes long, so. Uh, I'm just curious what you think. that It's this BBC did this years ago, at least 10 years ago, about how, I know you know that the 10cc song, I'm Not In Love, um, it's their yeah. biggest hit. It's it's probably the, if you know only one 10cc song, you know that one. But it's just, the way it was made, it's the song that I've known pretty much my whole life because it was released in 1975. So I remember hearing it as a kid and it's just something I never really thought about. And then hearing this documentary a couple of years ago, my buddy Jack Houston, who... Um, yeah, Jack, yeah,
0: he does yeah, the theme song on our show. He does
1: the theme song on our show. He, he's sat in as a guest a few times. Um, he's been in bands in Portland here. He was just, he sent it to me a few years ago and he was like, I'm obsessed with this documentary about this song. And ever since he sent it to me, I listened to it like every few months um it's for Jack. It's, it's for just friends. it's it's just an amazing especially as someone Fred who records bands for a living. Like just the way they recorded this or maybe not for a living but for at least for fun. Um yeah. the the way they recorded this is just incredible and to think they did it in 1975. Um so yeah, I'll play it. I'm curious what you think and those who don't want to listen, good night. Here we
7: go. Kevin said why don't we do it almost a cappella, using totally, for the backing track, totally voices, all voices, not Beach Boys type of voices, just a wall of sound. Yeah? Uh, and how are we going to do that? And it was Lowell who came up with the idea of making tape loops that we could run ad infinitum, forever. We'd just run them. So we spent another three weeks then recording three guys, Kev, Lowell and Graham, just singing R in the studio onto the 16-track machine each note had 16 tracks of three people if you've got your calculator there Uh, and we had to record a chromatic scale of 12 voices that would fit any chord in the song we put the tape loops around this Studer stereo machine and then out to mic stands with, with little, little rollers on the top so the tape would run through there and we could tension the machine properly. Then I fed across to the 16-track machine and filled each of the 12 tracks with a separate note of these massed vocals. So I think eventually there were 256 voices on these tracks. And at the same time, we'd recorded a very, very simple backing track, stereo backing track, with me on electric piano, little rhythm guitar, and Kevin playing a bass drum on a on a Moog synthesizer, just to follow it. I'm
3: not in love, so don't forget
9: it. It's just a silly phase I'm going through.
7: The four of us actually got around the control desk and started to feed the chords as they were changing within the song, up and down with the faders. And whilst we were doing that, I would locked all the faders with a piece of gaffer tape, so they're all around about minus, minus 24 on the faders. But because it was a chromatic scale, there was this lovely sort of hissing, breathy sound, like when you walk in a concert hall and people are just talking very quietly. But there's this wonderful hiss. Ah!
6: all of which probably explains why nothing had ever sounded quite like that record before had it it was a milestone in recording the production was absolutely beautiful and the process that they went through to create this epic record was incredible bearing in mind the time this is 34 years ago that this record was made so a lot of the techniques that were used on this record were done for the very very first time especially the vocals now as eric mentioned the vocals were recorded individually across the 16 tracks and then bounce down now luckily at the very very front of this multi-track there's the remnants of one of the tracks so this is actually what one of the multi tracked voice loops actually sounded like so if i isolate that first and that very slight blip you can hear that's where the splice would have been in the loop so although you can actually hear the loop as it goes through with the splice point in this case When you had the other 11 added, all at different splice points, the loop point would have been inaudible. So now if we start the actual multitrack up, you can hear what Eric was talking about, this sound that does sound like you're entering a cathedral or some hallowed space. What we're hearing is a result of them playing the mixing console as if it was a keyboard-cum-instrument. So each fader had one particular note on it, so putting, say, three or four faders up would create a chord. And as they knew what the chord progression of the song was, they could go through it bit by bit. They could, of course, drop in and out of the stereo track that I'm now playing to correct any errors in their mixing. So this final track is a result of all those man-hours of work. It's absolutely beautiful. The other addition is that there's a second track of the same thing but played at half-speed, so that creates this low octave. This is particularly noticeable on the bit where it goes... "Ah, ah, ah, ah." And you can hear both the high original pitched vocals and the low
2: octave
6: vocals. So Eric's using his half-speed trick again, which he he obviously likes. Um, I don't remember another record that starts off with the vocals being produced and then you playing along with it. But this seems to have started with just the vocals. That's right. They created a guide backing track just to make sure they mixed the vocals in the right sections with the right balances. But once they had their correct vocal track, they then proceeded in the control room, which creates a very, very different atmosphere, played in the control room the rest of the instruments. The Fender Rhodes. The electric guitar. curiously, no drums. This bass drum was actually created by a Moog synthesizer. Now Lol had one of the very first Moog synthesizers in the country, and he'd learned how to program it. So he was able to create this unusual soft bass drum sound, which Kevin played, being the drummer, throughout the song. In fact, a real drum kit would have been overpowering on this record, so it suits the subtlety of the backing track. So you're right that they played along to a pre-recorded OO backing track, which is unusual. So once they got the backing track to their satisfaction, they then subsequently overdubbed in the traditional sense. So for example, the other backing vocals were sung to a finished track. So let me isolate those first of all.
9: You wait a long time for me.
6: Now, there are many things on this record that people will be so familiar with, and I think one of the most familiar things is the spoken voice. The only time that there's not a 10cc person on this record. Now, this is Cathy, the studio secretary. And once again, to make my job easy, Eric has recorded the effects on Kathy's voice. So what you're hearing is exactly as Eric recorded it, including the fact that it fades out as it loops round. Be
8: quiet. Big boys don't cry. Big boys don't cry.
6: So that's kathy with the nice voice and it is so integral to the record you can't imagine that not being on there and just a great production trick now talking things that are not on there there's one part of eric's lead vocal that never made it to the final record and luckily they never erased (laughs) it so here is an alternative lead vocal at the bridge section now When they came to mix the record, or just before they came to mix the record, Lowell had suggested that they didn't really like that section, so he played the melody on a piano, and that's actually what's on the finished record. But at the same point on another track is Eric's original vocal with some other lyrics. this is probably the first time this has ever been heard outside of the studio and probably for 34 years so is that a case of we are so familiar with the finished record that by now hearing that section it sounds out of place had we grown up with that part maybe we'd have got used to it any other little tricks and surprises you've discovered yes this little sounds interesting this is a music box and there's two tracks of it it was double tracked Again, it's another one of those little production tricks that may not so familiar to everybody first time on listening, but now I'm pointing it out to you. I think if you listen to the record again, it'll be very familiar. How did they do that, then? They told me that it was one of those toy music boxes on a string that you pulled to make it play its little tune, and then by double-tracking it, it creates this very slightly strange Doppler effect. Plus, there's a lot of echo and effects added to it, which creates this sort of somewhat surreal sound it fits so well in the
10: track
6: I'm Not In Love was presented with three Ivor Novello Awards Best Pop Song, International Hit of the Year and Most Performed British Work to date, the song has been heard on American radio over three million times. And if our calculations are correct, if we allow a full running time of six minutes per play, and we run those plays back to back, it would be roughly the equivalent of 34 years of airtime for a single released in May 1975.
1: Bob, did you fall asleep during that?
0: No, I'm, up, like, when he's listening to a and Gs on full blast.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, everything's good. What uh, What What would you think? What would you guys think?
4: Uh, I I dug it. I, I I dug like thinking about that song and realizing there's no drums and like that it was mostly just like a weird early vocal tape loop. I mean, Fred,
0: like you're so steady.
4: You Ste- what? would you say steady? You're
1: very
0: steady.
4: You, I mean, steady,
1: Freddy. You, you got a, You got a party going on there, Bob? Huh.
0: Yeah, steady
2: Freddy. Like, yeah. You know, what a gift. Thanks. Hey, how are yeah, you? So are you hey. My
9: name's Whitney Courtney, <laughs>
0: and
9: I'm <laughs> on your podcast now. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's Welcome, good. Whitney. <laughs> Today, it's, it's a little windy. Thanks, Fred.
4: Yeah, no Thanks, problem. Fred. Thank yeah, you, Fred. Uh, yeah. I'll
9: be listening to you when I run on my treadmill.
1: The, the show oh, yeah. has officially <laughs> devolved, but I really appreciate you joining That's us, awesome. Fred.
2: Love you all.
0: Good night, too.
1: Love tonight. you, Bob. Love you, Whitney. Happy
0: Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. We've got a lot, lot to give thanks for.
1: We yeah, do. do. We actually do. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're Don't certain, yeah. Don't get it. Episode
0: Don't get it. Episode 140 with Fred Thomas. That's you right. Know, guys,
9: yeah, Fred's awesome. Yeah. I like yeah. I haven't heard you, Fred, but I know you're cool.
4: <laughs> well, <excited laughs> Thank you. you very much. <laughs> and you yeah. I love you guys. Have a great night. Love you,
1: you too. too Thank you. Thank you, everyone.
2: Thanks, Fred. Yeah, thanks for having me.